Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick here, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business. Welcome to 2020. So for today's episode, I wanted to try something new. So at the end of last year, I had a lot of people contacting me saying thanks for launching the podcast in 2019. Thanks for all the help you're providing. I've really enjoyed the guests that you bring on, but have actually really enjoyed the the, the episodes where you're speaking and, and sort of going into some more of the detail mechanics around mindset and skill set for business scale up. So I had to think about this and I thought, well, actually, how can I do that in a way which might bring both of those things together? And I decided to create a new series. And the new series is sort of business mentoring with me. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to kick off the series by bringing in one of my clients, a fantastic lady, entrepreneur, sought after speaker, health practitioner by the name of Sherry Thacker, who has the most amazing mission and a a great backstory as well. But she she's coined the phrase that your health is non-negotiable and she helps predominantly women step into their identity around this so that they can gain more confidence, obviously more health. And she's just done some amazing things, some huge things. So the reason that she got in touch with me is she, you know, she wants to scale her business. So what I thought we'd do to kick off the series, Business Mentoring With Me, is to have a session where I'm actually going to help her with the challenges that she's having with her online fitness business. So that's it. So we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to push her in some areas. I'm going to ask her to think a bit differently. I'm going to help her in some specific parts of business scale up. And like anything, the conversation is obviously myself and and Cherie chatting away, but it's what you can take away and what you can learn and apply from perhaps the same challenges, similar opportunities that Cherie is facing in her business. So there we go. I hope you like this this new format. Please give me some feedback if you do. Um, And as always, you know, if you're liking what I'm doing, subscribe, share the message, um, you know, anything like that is always very, very helpful. And if if you'd like to come on the show, if you'd like to be someone who gets a live mentoring session with me that's going to go out to ooh, 130 countries around the world now, then absolutely get in touch. So here we are. I'd like to introduce one of my clients, the amazing Sherry Thacker. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. I am delighted to have with me today Sherry Thacker, who has got an amazing mission-driven business. Um, God, there's so much I could say here, say here, Sherry, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself. The one thing I would say, though, is helping thousands of women create their new healthy identity. Tell us about that. Well, uh, great. Thank you. And hi, Nick. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I believe that your health is non-negotiable and I help women make their health non-negotiable because often women tend to neglect themselves. They put themselves last on the priority scale. So they are very busy looking after everybody else. And when it comes time to investing time, money or energy on themselves, the biggest 
weight that they're carrying is guilt. And that is to address any of the problems that they need to heal their body from the inside out. So my great mission and passion is to give them uh, permission, first of all, to pay attention to the wellness of their health. And then, of course, giving them the vehicle to do that. And so I sense just by the way you answered that and introduced yourself today, that there might be a bit of a backstory with you in this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I did decide to make my health non-negotiable about 20 years ago, Uh, maybe even how old am I now? Yeah, about 23 years ago now. So I've never put my health on the back burner for the last two decades, but um, I was 180 pounds. And uh, at first, when I wanted to get into health, it was more for aesthetic reasons. And I was in my young 20s and the boys weren't paying attention to me anymore. And I was kind of figuring out, oh, maybe it's because I'm a size 16. So uh, at first, my weight loss goals were purely aesthetic. And then uh, my aha moment for me was very impactful because uh, my grandmother was my best friend growing up. She, I spent a lot of time with her. And towards the end of her life, she spent the last six years in a convalescent home. She'd had a, a stroke and a heart attack, and she was paralyzed from the left side down. And it was very uh, painful for me to see her living in the jail cell of her body mm. for the last years of her life. And my grandfather, who had Parkinson's for the last 20 years of his life, also lived in this jail cell where slowly but surely all the freedoms of his life uh, would disappear after, you know, losing his ability to drive and his ability to see and his ability to hold a bladder. So, you know, for me, one very specific day, um, I was visiting her and she shared a room with three other people. So she lost her privacy. And this one man was wailing. And I won't share that with your audience because people will turn off your podcast. But the sound coming out of this man was horrendous. And I asked my grandmother, I said, man, what, you know, what's, what's up with this guy? How come he's acting like this? It was in this specific moment, this moment in time when she looked deep into my eyes. Her eyes were piercing with fear and um, overwhelmment and a disappointment and isolation, loneliness, frustration, anger, sadness. There was so much her eyes were telling me in this moment and they, they swelled up with tears. And she said, Sherry, he never stops. He's like that all day long. And you could just feel that everything, her life, this is this were the last years of her life, So it was in this moment, Nick, where I said to myself, you know, your body is this machine that works for you. It's been there for you every single day of your life. It's it's graduated you from high school. If you're a woman, it's helped, you know, deliver your children. It's been there for you on your first stage. All these moments in time, our bodies have been loyal to us and been there throughout the entire ride. And we owe it to our bodies, this machine that carries us. Um, to make sure that we look after it and that it must come first. It is that priority because one day you can wake up in this jail cell and you're stuck. You're in there. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot in that. In fact, I could have probably asked three or four questions throughout, but I wanted to let you finish. First one is 180 pounds. So for the people who can't see Sherry here today, we did do a video as well, but 
You're about 180 pounds now. <laughs> You're looking good, Nick. Thank you. So, so obviously, obviously, there's a whole heap of things here. And just to get the timeline right, so when you were heavier than you are now, um, was your grandma still alive at that point? Or I'm just trying to work out what was the catalyst that got you really sort of first making this decision that this was going to become your business, your mission? So um, as a teenager, I was quite attractive, got a lot of attention from the guys. And all of a sudden, like a lot of young girls do, they start eating a lot more than they realize. And when they, in their 20s, as your hormones start to change, you start to put on a lot more weight. You can't get away with what you used to do when you were younger. So I had accumulated a fair amount of weight and had gone from like maybe a size 6 to a size 16 in a period of about five years between, say, 18 and 23. Uh, around that neck of the woods was when I decided, okay, I have to start looking after myself. So it was then when I was 26 um, that I had this impactful moment with my grandmother. And between 26 to now, and my birthday was last week, so I'm 45 now. So it's been all this long time where my mission, nothing got in the way. Even when I was pregnant, I worked out for 90 minutes the morning of my labor as I had done my entire pregnancy. And uh, I was back in the gym three weeks after giving birth. And it was not uh, an obsession thing or a fear-based thing. It was a priority thing. It was, uh, okay, so we'll work on the upper body while the lower body heals itself. And it's just been my life since then. So now it's a key part of your identity, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we were talking beforehand, we've got similar backgrounds. I was hugely, hugely overweight as a, as a youngster, um, certainly about sort of 40 or 50 kilos heavier than I am now. And I'm similar, you know, look, there's a backstory to that story and then there's a future story to that. But uh, a lot of the stuff I do now in terms of, so I suppose what I say, my health is non-negotiable. I'd say absolutely. Every day I get up and do something and I have for years and I wouldn't change that. Because also, because I also know that, and I've said this a long time, a healthy mind in my personal view exists within um, a healthy body. And if you respect yourself and take care of yourself, then you have more confidence and belief to be able to, you know, do bigger things and take on bigger challenges. I, I believe that 100%. Yeah. Wow, it's a great story. So we're going to do something. We're going to do something a bit different today. So we are going to have a chat about your business. So this, this, is, a bit of, this is a bit of a mentoring conversation with Sherry. Um, and you know what's funny, right? Whenever I, I have these conversations, I always say, yeah, it's about scaling your business, but it's more than that, right? It's always more than that. It's about scaling what your business allows you to do. So I always also ask by saying, what would make this a great conversation for you today? For me, um, I, I am super excited and jazzed about our conversation, Nick. We had one uh, about a month ago, and um, I it was very impactful at that time. And for me, my goal is definitely to scale and to work and utilize my time better and more efficiently and just be knowing that I'm on the right path towards scaling my business instead of fumbling around in the dark, wondering if this is going to work or is that going to work? <laughs> you know? Got it. Got it. So, but you've had quite a lot of success. So, I mean, obviously getting to the point you are now, so why don't you just you know, take us through kind of where your business is now, what you want to share and what you feel. I mean, you've mentioned a little bit there about what the challenge potentially is. It's like lots of stuff going on and there's probably a thing around focus I'm sensing. But just take us through where your business is today. Sure. Um, I've been in the health and wellness space for the last uh, 10 years professionally. And I fell into that completely by fluke. I traded my time for money for the last decade. 
And after going to a specific event, a marketing event, I came home and I said, I'm done. I, I've wanted a laptop lifestyle for the last 20 years. I've wanted to have my business 100% online since 2003. And, um, you know, I came home, I put on these these gel, gel nails so that I would never do another massage again to hold myself accountable. I called up all my clients and I said, I'm not doing one-on-one anymore. So effective as of that day, um, I turned my gym into a, a virtual gym where we do a lot of live interactive classes. So we use Zoom. So just like we are now, I can see you, you can see me. Um, and we have a lot of fun with our girls. We have over 40 classes on the schedule. Uh, I have 10 instructors currently working for me. And for sure, my focus this year in 2020 is to scale that. And I've worked out some numbers um, to do that. And in the process, we have a six-week transformation program where we educate on the six pillars of what I believe the six main pillars of functional medicine um, you know, kind of circles around, which is fasting, inflammation, gut health, stress, sleep, and detox. So in our six-week program, we go into detail and we help women to figure out their plan for themselves. We help them turn themselves into little scientists to learn what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And then I have a graduates program where they'll stay with me for the year and we work heavily on habits, mindsets, identity shifts, addictions to food, mending, uh, you know, toxic relationships with food and people and um, working towards, you know, a better, a better overall lifestyle shift. And that's the, the business model today. We've uh, been doing that for two and a half years. We've, we're, we're over $400,000 in sales. We're doing, we're doing well. Uh, we are finding some challenges now with the internet and the algorithms and Facebook and what we were doing a year ago is not working now. So we've got to scratch our heads and figure out a new system to bring in the leads. Okay, got it. So there's a bit of a marketing challenge within that. There's a bit of a proposition potentially in terms of that discussion. But um, is the business growing at the moment or is it starting to level out? It's been a year where it's definitely been a, ch <clears throat> a challenge to uh, attract people into our program at our price point. Um, the price point is appropriate. And we did a year of testing that. Anything, you know, in the 100, 200 mark, people did not take the challenge seriously enough and they dropped off. A $500 investment was um, proved results every single time. If you're going to spend that kind of money, people put that kind of focus. So to me, the price point was appropriate. It's the translation between a Facebook ad driving in cold traffic to tell you why you're going to spend $500 and get um, the type of results that we get. So that has been a right. challenge. And it's only been very recently within the past two months that I've converted the gym as an exclusive option versus before it was an all or nothing kind of deal, like come in, spend $1,000 for the year and get all the coaching in the gym. Versus now my strategy, I reversed it and we're focusing a lot on Legion through the, the cheaper price point of a gym membership, which is typically $30 a month. Got it. Okay. So you've got quite a lot of mechanics in there that you're playing around and testing with. If I was going to ask you, if you look forward to the next three years and it was, if you're looking backwards, it was amazing. What would need to happen? So uh, I have wanted a goal of 3,000 gym members. So okay. in the next three years, I'd like for that to happen, starting with eight new members a day. So in order to achieve those eight new members a day, I'm looking at finding at least 10 to 15 trainers that will start recruiting their own clients 
um, into our program and continuing to scale the classes with other professionals who already have a following. From those 3,000 um, gym members, I'd love to have at least 300 um, six-week challenge, active six-week challengers running at all times. So we'll be offering this program four times a year. And when we run it, I'd love to have at least 300 in each um, program. And then I'd like to create uh, my inner circle where I have my annual membership. I would love for it to be more of a high ticket uh, program, working with less people, but for people who are very serious about really getting some serious work done and creating a significant change, a real shift. Um, and there, I believe the dollars have to be invested in order to do that, like I said before, to take it seriously. So within those three years, that's, that's the goals that I have. Um, and I don't know if we're talking about personal goals or just business goals, but that's where I'd like to see the business. We're yeah. talking about both to some extent, because my next question is, so once you reach that, what are you going to do? So at that point, um, I will have created enough passive income through the online gym where I'll have achieved a, a personal passive income, uh, the, the, the financial freedom, I guess what they, they call it. Um, I am looking to do some, some more travel. Uh, I would like to see that. So by then, my business will be truly laptop without it'll be systematized. So it will not take my every single day to be fully focused. Run like um, a machine, as I say. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, and I would like to start really planning for my future because uh, I want to do that through real estate investing because I believe that if I'm looking at the year 2030, I want to have some bricks behind my name. The online world has taught me that we could be very successful in the online world, but unless you're really backing up where you're going to be in, you know, say 20, 25 years from now, when I'm looking at really, you know, enjoying life on a different level with my son having been moved out, you know, there's going to be such a change in the dynamics of our economy. There'll be such a shift in what's happening in online, so much more competition, so much more, um, uh, it'll be, it'll be that much harder. So I want some, some real bricks as an investment that really laid down a financial future for myself where I feel solid. Okay, good. So you've got a pretty clear vision now, just to kind of put context to the questions. I mean, I'm sure you get this because we have similar thoughts and we've come from similar kind of different, similar experiences, sorry, around this stuff, but the vision piece is, is critical to the, to what we call the gap. So the vision is always one of where your business needs to be that allows you to have the lifestyle that you want. Mm -hmm. So some people say they want to create empires, which basically means multiple businesses, multiple streams of income. But you know, with that type of thing, it doesn't normally give you a laptop lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. It gives you huge wealth, but it also gives you greater complexity, even if you have good teams underneath you. Some people just want to create lifestyle businesses, really good ones, and they're just stuck yeah. in what that means for them. But you've got a clear view on that. So I think that piece is that piece is there. And, you know, just for everyone listening, you know, you're pretty humble, Sherry, but, you know, you've helped thousands of people already, haven't you? I have, yeah. We've, yeah, so. uh, we've, we've changed lives. Yeah. Yeah, so your mission behind this stuff is massive, huge, powerful. So there's two things that jump out. And I tend to mentor around insights, right? So it's normally about less is more. It's about focus. And most of the time when people come and speak to me, it's not that they're not doing really good stuff in their business. They're just doing too much. Yeah. Or they're not clear on the pathway. 
And so I always say start with the vision, then be clear on what you can achieve this next 12 months. And then we break it down into achievable sections, if you like, which is 90 days. But then it's about strategies and strategies are simply choices. And if you have too many strategies, then you're going to get overwhelmed and you're not going to get to where you need to get to. Again, I, I definitely get caught up in the weeds um, and I've tried to be laser focused, especially since we spoke last and I said, how do I just, it's difficult because when I think about some of my mentors and I ask myself, would my mentor be doing this action while running his already scaled business? Is this an action that he would have somebody else doing or would he be doing this action himself? And very often I find myself saying, this job would have been replaced by somebody else. And um, that's where I get caught up because I go back and forth in my mind by saying, well, it's still early. You still have to be doing this work yourself. It's, you know, you, you don't have enough revenue stream yet to support paying somebody for this, generate the revenue stream that supports the payment. So I bounce around a lot in between the actions of what I should be doing and what I should be paying somebody else to do. You have one thing you have got though in play is you've, you know, because the way you articulated beforehand was lots of metrics. So you've got lots of numbers obviously floating around your head about this many that need to come in per per month, per day, whatever else to get to your goal. Um, have you at this stage, you know, sort of looked at kind of what has allowed you to get to where you are today? So whatever that number is, so you, you mentioned the number 3000. Obviously, there's a number that you have today. So the gap over three years is the difference between the two things. So whatever that number is today, what has been the three key things that have got you to that number? Gosh, my head is uh, circling on how to respond. Uh, because It's almost Christmas, so therefore we are in Christmas mode. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's because it's since we last spoke, actually, that I really nailed down the metrics of what I actually needed to achieve the goal the financial goal of where I wish to be, but then I see it kind of like a cake layering itself based on statistics of you need this many people to get this many people to spend X amount of money and you need this many people to get this many people to spend X amount of money and so on. So I saw that cake in layers of what I needed based on volume first. And then you, it, as it trickles down the funnel, you get down into this uh, state where you, you will, you know, this people will pay $30 a month. And then these people will pay $500 for a program. And these people will pay $1,500 a month for a high ticket program and, and so on. So uh, since we last spoke, I feel like I got laser focused on what was important for me um, for that. And so I used to be getting about 40 people per challenge fairly easily through Facebook ads simply by in a way it was a referral we were running ads but it was because friends of friends were seeing their friends who had received such great results from our program so mary saw a video of nancy who lost 100 pounds in our program and she's like oh i want in and that came through a facebook ad so it was warm traffic coming in through the door but the algorithms and the way facebook is running right now like what a video i used to post might have got 500 to 1500 views organically are now getting like 63 views. That's right. So That's right. A huge shift. <laughs> so now I've actually found that I have got and I've raised way more sales. I did $5,000 in a weekend just by going from clients who already walked through my virtual door and saying, hey, did you know about this? 
I have a Black Friday sale. Do you want to drive? $5,000 later, I made within like 72 hours. Rather than investing that $5,000 into Facebook ads that just you know circled the drain. So it's difficult for me to answer that question, Nick, because I've done such a dramatic shift in my approach since we spoke last. Yeah, okay. I mean, what's underpinning the question is, and you're right to suggest that two things have happened. So the way that the platforms work to drive um, a business, to drive leads, and I did a podcast specifically on what I called high impact lead generation to sort of talk about the difference now, the way the algorithms work. You've got that hitting you and you've also got more people coming into the space. So there's a piece there. There is, there is, there's a really clear couple of strategies around this though really clear. And I think you've already started on one path and you're pretty good on the other, but it's about trying to bring them together and understand what they're doing. Okay. So as, as you're talking, there's two things that jump out. So one is, and you've mentioned this, it's what I call the product ecosystem. Okay. Whereby, you know, there's a school of thought that if you have a thousand raving fans, you'll never have to kind of bring any more business into you or any more leads into your business. You might've heard that concept. Yeah. yeah. And simply what that is, it's, it's allowing someone to be able to come into your world when they're ready to be able to do something, right? And you've got a big mission, but then allowing them pathways so that you can basically build customer retention over time. Mm -hmm. One of the guys I work with here in the UK, he's got, um, if someone goes end to end through his products, um, he'll generate 106,000 pounds from that one individual. Wow. His business is turning over 18 million. Wow. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, your ambition doesn't have to be like that. It could be, but the point being is he's very, very intentional and clear about how someone comes in. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've talked a little bit about online products. There's this potentially retreats, masterminds, all of that fit within your mission, your world, but it's the sequencing of how you introduce that. So that if someone's ready to come straight to a retreat or come straight into one-to-one coaching, whatever model that you have, that's absolutely fine. But a lot of people won't. And the difference between someone who's ready to kind of come into what it would be a high ticket experience with you versus someone who isn't is simply trust, rapport, and the ability to build connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that brings me to the second point, which is how strong is your personal brand and how connected are everyone to you before they purchase versus them just seeing you in a Facebook ad or a video. And that's the first time they've ever seen you. Right. Makes sense. Totally. Um, so do you agree then that, you know, warming up the people through the online gym as the fitness in their, um, you know, it's the, it's the lowest price point entering into my world and relationships are generated through the Facebook community. And of course, when you're interactive with people online and you're playful and you're laughing and you're, I always end each one of my fitness classes with, don't forget, we're one of these today. You know, <laughs> it's gonna. Yeah. Well, you want to build a community of people who absolutely get what you're trying to do, and and then in many cases it becomes above and beyond you, right? Which you've kind of got, so you're not far off. This is what I was saying beforehand. What I then tend to recommend is, you know, what is your free? What is the thing that's going to get people to come into your world for nothing? Their only commitment to coming in is just their interest and their desire. And then what's the first thing, the first bit of value that, that, that you're prepared to offer in exchange for something you know, monetary? Mm-hmm. And then you start to ladder up from that. So, you know, I do a lot of stuff through the podcast, right? I would argue my podcast is my free. You know, I give away a lot of value from the podcast and I always jump on calls with people. And I was on two today, right? Literally, you know, 15, 20 minutes, someone said, listen, can you help me solve this one specific problem? 
And I've been doing that for over a year now. Now it's getting hard to keep doing that. Mm. But you know what? I know that if I keep helping people, what tends to happen, I don't ask for it. They go out there and they tell their friends about it. Although some of them even go and post on LinkedIn and Facebook straight away. And, you know, I, I kind of, you know, when people are out there telling your story for you, when people are out there kind of helping you in that way, when people are helping you kind of drive what you're doing, then it, it gets a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know the stable, the connection was a bit unstable there, but I know everyone, everyone on the podcast heard me. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so my question to you is if you've got, if you've got this great sort of system that you've built, you're already helping thousands of people. You're really good at kind of telling the story and you believe in the mission. You've come from it. What, yeah. how accessible is your, is your community now? Can people join it? You know, just, just by, you know, getting in touch. Do you have something like that that you can offer them? So great point. Um, I've really toggled with this in the last couple of months and in fact the last year, um, because initially I had one Facebook group. And every paying customer was in that Facebook group. And then as I started to develop the graduates program, um, I had to split the groups up because people coming in new were getting too overwhelmed with people who had been here for a while. So after I split the groups up, um, anyways, there's the groups, they're so key. And I feel like I've made some mistakes when it comes to um how people enter into my Facebook world. And now I'm trying to create that my Facebook group is free for everybody, um, no matter what level you are with me as a client. And any of the content that people are purchasing would then be found on a different platform. My course is on a different platform, the coaching calls and all that sort of thing. So I feel like you can be in this group for free and gain value. Um, from its members, but all of the coaching and the masterminds and the the fitness replay videos and all the things that are that people are paying for that say, hey, they're not allowed to be in here because I'm paying to have access to those things. How come they can access it for free? Which is, you know, some of the things that I need cleaning up before the new year begins. Yeah. So I think a lot of people when they kind of get to this sort of stage, they they start somewhere up the ecosystem. So when I describe the ecosystem, it does look a bit like a pyramid to some extent, or it's a pathway. And you can sometimes have different types of people who come into at different points because their needs may be different, right? But the generally speaking, the the overall brand promise of what you do is the same. So if you, you know, if if the headline is your health is non-negotiable and you're focusing on on women as the target, and there might be a specific niche within those two concepts. You just want to be able to think about, okay, what is, what's the thing that's going to get someone, what's that first trigger point that's going to get someone wanting to be part of this, you mm-hmm. know? And so, you know, that's, that can be a group, but that can be quite powerful. I've seen challenges and I know you've already got like a six week transformation. Do you charge for that currently? That's the $500 program. So I know people who give away a, um, there's a lady who um, specializes in LinkedIn uh, marketing and she gives away literally on Facebook, which is quite funny, um, a five day <laughs> five-day LinkedIn challenge but I know she gets two million people on that wow Mm -hmm. you know and then obviously there's other things that if people want to go further and go deeper then she has ways of helping those people too so I think the first part is to have a look draw out that ecosystem think about what you'd ideally to like it to look like over three years Mm -hmm. and then see if you're bringing enough volume in at the at the sort of top of the funnel and then there's a way that once they're in, you can you can obviously build rapport, build trust, build authenticity. And then it's much more likely that someone in that world is going to basically take the next logical step. And the other thing you're doing is if you do it cleverly, you're not having to go and spend a heap of money on Facebook ads and play the algorithms. 
because you're actually you're already starting to have people in the community who understand who you are. So it's not a cold, you know, ad or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, the one thing I know for sure that I have learned about the challenge is that unless people pay that five hundred dollars, they fall off because forty two days is really too long for anyone long to take time. anything seriously that they haven't invested their heart and soul into. Um, I do have content created, a seven day challenge, a 10 day challenge. Um, so I'm sure as you and I work on our coaching together, we can decipher kind of the best entry. Um, I want to start my podcast back up again in, in January, as we discussed, because I think I can add a lot of value there for the podcast. Um, and then I'm wondering your thoughts on um, you know, attracting people in through the, the gym, uh, let's say it's podcast. Like I have my books, right? I have a published book. Your health is non-negotiable. I've got the workbook and the cookbook. I could make a free, a free plus shipping funnel or getting the book for free, the upsell into either the other books or a free 30 day trial into the online gym. Right now, yep. my strategy has been in finding other trainers and basically saying, if you bring 50 people to me, we are now partners 50-50 and we'll make 50% of the lifetime revenue of that client. Um, and that has been my strategy uh, moving forward. My goal was to get a class on the schedule every single hour of the day and then having a cl three classes on the schedule every day with numbers of at least 20 people at, uh, attending each class. And by partnering with other trainers who already have a following and saying, look, bring 50 people in, you'll make at least $1,000 extra per client without doing any additional work. There you go. Well, that's, I mean, I think you've got the, the building blocks to what you need to do. The, 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 um, the focus of how you do them, how you sequence is going to be the, the clever bits. Right. So there's, there's tends to be, when, when, when people have got, um brands and or businesses which i think focus around someone who is the the main lead and the person who's driving the mission so i do that with scale up your business you obviously do that with what you're doing sherry there are there are five things to think about so the first thing is you know the pitch is it really clear sometimes people call it their mission but it's when mm -hmm. someone says you know or the one liner is another way of expressing it but it's the thing you say right so when you know and you always say the same thing and it needs to be you know, firstly, who is it? What's the problem that I'm solving? Who is it that I'm solving it for? And why you are the best in the world at doing it? Mm -hmm. So there's a bit around that. And I find that having clarity around that pitch really, really helps because it's the starting point or the foundation piece to open up everything you do from a marketing side, from anything to do with commercially. So mm -hmm. you've got that. But there's a little bit of like, like refining that. Is that, is that is that exactly right? Is it getting across what you need? What, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, you, I said it at the beginning of the podcast, right? We help women make their health non-negotiable after they've neglected their bodies while caring for the people that they love. What do you think, how do you believe that can be improved? I think it's pretty close because you've got, you've got two things. You've got, well, you've got three, actually. You've got the person that you're, you're helping, so it's women. So you don't do anything with men. That's right, correct? Currently, no. Okay. I, I would argue that, you know, the, the, the same argument is true for men. <laughs> no question. No but, question. But, but absolutely, when you're trying to focus what you're doing, and a lot of it's about your story, about the credibility. That's why I was asking that at the very beginning of this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's important for you to connect in a, in a more micro way than it is to be too mass. Lots of people fail in their businesses because they, and this is quite an interesting concept, they, they try and, and be broader than, than a very targeted niche. 
And the reason they do that is FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And it's actually fear that if they go too niche, they won't get what they need. Yeah. So it's fear of kind of like, if, oh, well, I've got to go bigger because I need lots of customers. I need, you know, oh, if I don't get lots of customers, I can't survive. It's the opposite is true. So mm -hmm. I think I think you're pretty close. I think the health is non-negotiable piece is really powerful. I think the why the why could be tightened up a little bit. Yeah, it's almost there. It's very close, and the targeting is very there. But I think a little bit more emotion into it, and then you should back back it up with what your plan is. How do you do it? Okay. So at the moment, so you've got the problem, you've got the target, you've got the why, and then it's how do I do it to get to that end benefit? And the end benefit is how that person feels. What do you think about the jail cell of your body angle versus the neglecting your body while for the people that they love? I think that's the bit that needs a little bit of work. I like that the jail cell was powerful, but there's there's a concept around storytelling or brand storytelling, which starts with starts with, okay, so who is the hero? And the hero in this context is the woman that you describe. It could be could have been you, right? But it's the, it's the woman that you describe. And then it's articulating very clearly the problem, which you can do. Then the guide comes along. The guide is you in the context of this. And the guide has a plan. The plan needs to be articulated. And then what you were just asking is the, the two outcomes of the plan. So there's a piece here where you can either have this amazing benefit, you know, I'm, you know my dream is being fulfilled, or you end up in the pit of despair. And actually what you should do is you should articulate both of those as options, their choices. So what you're saying is, and this is, this is what the pitch broadly is, if you work with me, I have a plan that's going to either take you to where you need to be or it's not and you're going to end up here. And it's not about trying to just put fear in people's minds. It's a reality. And if you can articulate that very succinctly into a very small paragraph, that is what your pitch is. So I think you're very close. I think it could be tightened up in a couple of nuances using some of the same language that you currently use. I, I I really thank you for that because that's that's sparked in my head because for me I know that when women come to me it's that's the first thing they will say is there's no time for me I have to look after everybody else and some of them don't even feel deserving of the time for themselves um, and then no time no money no energy and tons of guilt so the follow-up you know I've always tried to target their pain points in that sentence but my mission is far more upon the listen you don't understand in 20 years from now you're going to be living in pain your brain's not going to be working you might have alzheimer's like that's where my passion is is in the is in the consequence of neglecting yourself over that time so you've given me some food of uh you know for thought to think about how do i Yes, we've got your health is non-negotiable. Yes, I focus on women right now. You're neglecting yourself for the women that you love. The consequence of that is, you know, a, a body that's deteriorating on you. So in my six-week transformation program, I share with you the six main pillars of functional medicine strategies that allow you to heal your body from the inside out and prevent that potential jail cell. Yeah, and 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 that's that's perfect. And then what I would do is I would upweight the positive bit. So instead of it being the jail cell and the negative, which you have to have in there, I'd also paint the picture of what it's like if they get to the other side, the positivity. So if they, okay, they, one, one place is the jail cell, one place is you can end up here in absolute pain in 20 years time. What if you, what if you do, my, do my programs, work with me? Where do you end up? What does that look like? And there's something around articulating that within the pitch, which, which gives, you the, gives you the gap between 
the what I call the pit of despair and this amazing kind of euphoria place that people don't expect they're ever going to get to. But you need to paint both. I really like that. I, I'm going to finesse that uh, over the next week or two. I really like that a lot. Yeah, it's powerful. But the pitch is the first, I call it the pitch. You can call it the mission. As I said, that's the first piece. The other things to work on, which, and these are, I don't say they're in sequence, but they do, they do kind of all overlap, is, is content marketing and your personal brands. So it's, for me, I focus a lot on the podcast, but I also do a lot more on social media. And mm-hmm. that's just about putting quite a lot of stuff out there. So there is a, an argument of both quality and quantity of content you put out. And back to your question at the very beginning about, you know, I'm doing too much myself. This is something you leverage. You have to be a content producer, a content creator, but you don't have to be the person who who does all the engagement all the time. You just got to have a machine that gets it out there. This, and I had that question for you, Nick, because I'm, I'm building up somewhat of an intolerance or even a resistance to the Gary V um, approach of, you know, pumping out 300 pieces of content every single day, get into everybody's face every single day. And as a consumer of social media content, I feel like there, like, this is where you're talking about quality over quantity. And I feel like, you know, even one of my mentors that I love to watch on YouTube, now I'm watching videos where because he needs to come out with so much content all the time, I feel like he's not contradictory in what he's saying, but it's information that he's saying now that I could have used a year ago, for example, you know, like now it's starting to bug me. So from myself as being, you know, somewhat of an online influencer, I'm saying to myself, I'm finding that my clients find way more value when I've actually taken the time to connect with them personally. Is my time better spent today, given the fact that so much content, 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 live videos, podcasts, podcasts, books. Like there's so much being pushed in people's faces. Would they, would is that time better invested by really actually doing that connection with people? So I'm very curious about your response there. Yeah. So my I'm not a big believer in the whole Gary V. Grant Cardone sort of hustle world. I've played with that. So it's not to say that um, I I, you know, I've been totally against it forever. I just see what's happening now is a lot of people are going out there and to your point, they're just putting stuff out there for the sake of putting stuff out there. Yeah. So I've, I've got a different viewpoint on it and I'm doing a speech soon on how you um, create clients, not win them. And the way you create a client is that you, you show them what they're going to get. Yeah. You spend time, you know, giving the message of kind of what you believe in and what you can help with. So people, this is, this is why at the very beginning around why I was saying about having that product ecosystem is something free. That's mm-hmm. not, there's nothing um, superficial about this. You are going to give someone absolute value so that they, when they come in, they realize that they need to be part of this community. So when I talk about so social media um, and content overall, the, the main thing I'm talking about is letting people become aware of what you offer and what you do. So, so the way I do it is, and I, I, I do, I have a balance between stuff going out, but also um, some more richer content is I will constantly tell or, or help try and help people with the various philosophies around what I think business scale up is. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it goes into the weeds. Sometimes it, it gets, you know, a little bit more ethereal, but I tend to put stuff out there, which is quite helpful. I'm going to be doing more articles, not because I want to get more reach because they're more impactful. The podcast mm-hmm. is impactful because people spend 20 to 40 minutes with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. videos because again, I can get the message across. So 
my view is you've got to have a strategy around it. You can't not, and you have to balance the two things, but it's not good enough to just do one piece of really good content per week, in my opinion. You need to have quite a balanced view of what you're trying to achieve. And the other thing I also think is important around this is people want to know you, mm-hmm. particularly when you're the face of the brand, face of the business. So they want to know what you think. So I share a lot of my personal stuff. I share a lot of my philosophies and experiences. Some of them are, and I'm not trying to put it out there to be vulnerable for vulnerable sake. I just think it's helpful. And so there's a bit around how you play those things into it, but you have to have a plan. And the way I look at it, and I've got people who help me with this, I have a weekly schedule. I have a monthly planning calendar. I look at kind of the key things that people want to hear about. So I actually look at kind of search terms across Twitter, across that. I have a team who do all this for me. And then if people are wanting to know about buying and selling businesses, that's something that's looking of interest. Then I'll talk more about my philosophy around that particular topic. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So it's not. It, I, I desperately would like to have your uh, help with that. And I don't, we're going to be working together soon. We've already agreed on that. Um, and I, and I need that because I, my next six week challenge is coming up scheduled January 6th. And now my head is circling around in, you know, and I'm saying, well, do I sit there and do live videos? Do I sit there and do a webinar? Do I post, you know, videos I had professionally produced? Do I do it all? You know, how do I, do I just go and contact old customers and invite them back into the six week, you know? So it's going around and around. And it's frustrating and it's almost paralyzing because you sit down at your computer and you're like, you're all set to work and you're ready to hustle and, and you're saying, okay, I got three weeks to fill up my next challenge. What, what do I do? Yeah. Okay. That takes, I, my, my view on that is it's, it's just about scheduling and, and, and getting yourself ahead of yourself. So I, when I do podcast episodes, for example, I make sure I've planned them well in advance and I do put a lot of time into the thinking behind them and, who the guests are and what the stories are and all those things, because it's a very, um, you know, rich form of, of people kind of coming into what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what I said, when we, when we start talking more about this, I'll take you through some of the options, but what I don't believe in to sort of finish the answer to the question is I don't believe in just putting out all sorts of crap just because you want to get likes, follows, shares, you know, some people believe in that, but I fully agree that in the future people are going to have a, a pushback on that because they're, they're going to be immune. Like all these stories, uh, there's a couple of people who just keep putting these stories of their home and their kids doing this and that, which is fine, but it's just all the time. And now I, I, there's no interest. So I'm worried about pushing out too much crap, sharing too much. It's not even relevant just to try and get people into my personal life or to relate to me more. I'm starting to really have a mixed view on what I want to put out there. The way to, the way to help that, and there's a little bit of mindset coming into what you just said, right? The, the way I think of it is if I've got a message that I need to get out there to help people, right, regardless of whether it grows my business or not. And I've, I've always had the belief of helping people without expectation because I find that that just the, the, the serendipity and the, reciprocity of all that just changes everything. So the way to think of it is if you're putting a message out there, you're putting a message out there not to grow your business. You're putting a message out there because you need that message to hit the world. So Mm -hmm. therefore put out as much as you think that you need to put out there. That's going to help people allow people into your world. At some point there'll be fair exchange of, of the value that you're giving to, you know, the number of zeros in your bank account. Mm -hmm. And that's a philosophy that has served me well and it's certainly something when i see people doing really well they they tend to approach it that way it's hard sometimes because you think oh i've got as you said i've got to fill a six-week 
program in you know x amount of weeks but this is where you gear up and you go actually i'm just going to serve as many people as i possibly can and then and then you won't even think about it okay so hopefully that hopefully that makes makes a good deal of sense <laughs> yeah and then you've got we talked a lot about product ecosystems so that's clear it's about those pathways in and then the last couple are really around sort of just your profile so i use the term be remarkable so don't try and be like anyone else remarkable mm. being that you actually stand for what you stand for so there's a little bit about the personal brand which should ladder back to your pitch but there might be a little bit more to it so it is your personal story and then the last part is about partnerships which you spoke about as well so if you can you know the yeah. one plus one equals three if you can start to partner with some powerful people who believe in a similar mission but you can kind of collaborate on that scales you up quick more quickly than anything you can do organically well, and what we talked about in our first call about um, maybe shifting the identity of my business away from my name and more towards a business identity of itself or a mission in itself then gives you an exit strategy or even I, I, I'm just starting like internally at this point to just feel like I have this mission. I want to help all these people. I don't want it to be about me at all. You know, and everything I'm putting out there in order to help and serve people isn't necessarily coming from me doing another Facebook live video about what have you, right? So does it make sense to, to shift? To, you know, do people relate more to the person? And then you, you lose that personal touch if they feel like they're just hitting like a brand name. What do you think? They're two, I think of them as two separate things. So I, I believe that people have to have a personal brand these days, but just, just in terms of, I think in the opportunities that present themselves and the way that people find people, you know, if you're, if you're not coming up in some way, shape or form in Google, then you're missing an opportunity, but the personal brand doesn't have to be your business. It just needs to be what you stand for. Mm -hmm. So then it, what, what that allows you to do is have multiple brands or multiple businesses that fit under what you stand for. So if you look, I mean, the classic example of this is, is Richard Branson. Now his, his proposition is actually pirates and pioneers. So he likes to say anything he invests or spends his time is about pirates and pioneers. And if you think about that, the businesses that have worked well for Branson are ones where he's been able to go and disrupt and where mm -hmm. there hasn't been a need for disruption, it hasn't worked for him. Right. Yeah, Virgin Cola didn't work very well. Virgin Jeans didn't work very well. But Virgin Atlantic, his airline did because the whole industry was a bit crap and they wanted, you know, <laughs> he wanted to change the whole customer experience. Right. So, so the way I look at it is, you know, what does, what does Sherry Thacker stand for? What are you about? What's your bigger mission in the world? How does that align to what you're doing now? Right. And then you can basically say, okay, well, I've got a business. This business is specifically designed to help women, you know, blah, 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 everything we said but you might do something else down the track. You might sell that business, you know, might sell it under, under whatever name it is and then go and do something else. But I do think it's, it's very, very difficult these days to have a, a brand brand led business, which hasn't got a person behind it to be able to cut through because the difference between a person and a branded business is you can build more rapport, authenticity and trust just to use those terms again, when people can connect with a person. You said the statement, you know, what, what do you stand for? And to me, it's visceral. It's, it's a matter of saying, I want to help protect you from that aging body that you're going to live in. Like that is, 
That's what, that's what I am so afraid of for everybody. That's where my passion is, is to say at 87, I want you to feel amazing, independent, have your brain working, shopping and grocery by yourself. You're not drooling out of your mouth. Like that's so visceral to me. And, um, you know, to stop letting the society and your environment around you govern how you live your life in the sense of working for somebody else's Mercedes, working for someone else's dream life while you're slaving and, and doing this nine to five kind of living numb through Netflix. Um, because this you're you've got a lot of fear of being able to be you, like be you, be you, be authentic to you, be clean, be healthy, be, be entrepreneurial, go out there, get what's yours. Like that's, that's inside me. That's my passion. That's what I really want to help people with. Yeah. So I think the health is non-negotiable piece is, is kind of what sits beneath your profile or underpins you <laughs> based on the story of what you've gone through in your personal transformation and what you experienced with your grandma. And then you've got what the business does. So the business could do the same thing, but already you've niched it into women who have, who need to transform in a certain way. But that health is non-negotiable, as we said beforehand, is, is a very broad vision. I always say sometimes when you have a life vision, it should be so big that it feels unachievable. Yeah. So I, for me personally, I talk about entrepreneurship as a force for good. How can entrepreneurship, education, skill set, mindset be, be given to everybody in the world, people who can't get access to that type of education? So if you're a kid sitting in Africa and you can hardly get any food or water, you know, but you've got a great idea in your head, how is that idea going to leave that person's head and, and help solve a problem in the world? So I'd like to be able to do that in the future, right? So my foundation, everything's about solving that problem because I can see the power of what it can do. But the way that I choose to do that now is by helping entrepreneurs, business leaders, be able to scale up their business and scale up their life so they can get to a point where they're free to be able to do things on their terms. So can you see the difference between the two things? One's really big, one's really out there, um, but the, what I'm doing to get to that at this point in time is something which is also very meaningful. I do see that. Yeah, I do. And that's why I'm so happy to have connected with you because I, I definitely want to use your superpowers and have you educate me on learning how to scale, scale up what I'm doing so I'm not caught up in the weeds. I don't think you're far off. I really don't. You know, it's funny. I always get a sense when I spend some time with people about where they're at. So you get, you can feel it. You know, you've got, you've already done a lot of the hard work. You've already got the the foundations in place. What tends to happen in scale up is you just get, you get stuck into the detail because lots of things hit you at once. And so it's about making choices first and foremost, that's the focus piece. And then it is about leverage about, you know, anything that you think is a lower value task to something else you could be doing. You need to find a way to outsource that. And then eventually you start to make the, make the machine and make the system that starts to get to where you want to be. Well, that is where I need your help. I feel like I'm running a, a, you know, a marathon. I'm on the 40th mile and I'm like, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm panting. I'm like so tired. I'm like, just help me cross the finish line. (laughs) As I said, I think you're more, I think you're closer than what you think. So I don't think it's going to take too much effort just to kind of get that, that last sprint out of you for the line to use your, your lovely analogy, Sherry. (laughs) Cool. Okay. So has, has today been helpful for you? Absolutely. Definitely had a lot of golden nuggets in there that I want to, I want to, I can't wait to listen to this back because I want to be able to sit back and take a few notes on, on how to fine tune a few things. 
Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, listen, thank you for coming on Scale Up Your Business today. It's been a pleasure having you. I know just by this conversation, you know, you've covered a lot of the points that people speak to me about every single day. So I'm sure just by us having the conversation, you've helped many, many people. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it, a mentoring session with me and Sherry Thacker. So hopefully you got a heap out of that. Um, they're not scripted, as you can tell. It's really about where the conversation goes. And and a lot of the time, I'm there to listen, to offer a perspective, to offer some, offer some guidance. And the reason I call it mentoring as opposed to coaching or consultancy or something else is that sometimes when I work with people, it's not just about asking question after question so that they get it. I mean, that's an important part around coaching specifically. But when you're mentoring someone, sometimes they just want to be told the answer, particularly if you've seen the pattern before, you've been there in a business and you've got the experience. So you'll see that when I when I work with people, I tend to do a bit of both, really, a bit of coaching, a bit of mentoring. Sometimes it's advisory, sometimes it's consultancy. But Overall, it's basically leadership. It's helping them get to a place that they want to get to and just helping them break through the barriers, exploit the opportunities and, you know, and and get there more quickly than what they potentially can get there themselves. So I hope you like it. If you do, let me know, because as I said, I'm going to be doing a few more of these. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be stopping doing the the interviews with special guests and, and certainly some of the ranting Australian by himself for 20 minutes talking about all sorts of crazy marketing techniques and tactics. I'm still going to do that. So that's it for today. Just one final thing. Uh, the Business Accelerator, the 90-day Business Accelerator is flying along. Our first cohort is starting and uh, we have now opened it up for um, the second cohort. So if you're interested in joining the 90-day Business Growth Accelerator, please get in touch. You can actually go to a website that we've set up, which is www.scaleupyourbusinessacademy.com, but it's actually scaleupsu yBacademy.com so go check that out or if you want to have a conversation about the accelerator and work out whether it's something for you then please get in touch with me on social media LinkedIn and Facebook are probably the best two platforms for that so thanks again for an amazing year in 2019 welcome to 2020 I'm very grateful for everyone who's joined me listening to the show over the last sort of nine to 12 months as I always say be grateful be brave have faith and show up Bye for now.